podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, it's Tino here, host of the Celtic Exchange. Now, we should all be looking forward to Celtic taking on Livingston at Celtic Park today, but unfortunately, due to circumstances elsewhere, that one's not going ahead. However, we wanted to give you something enjoyable to fill the time, and what better than our very entertaining post-match reaction show from last week's Glasgow Derby demolition of Rangers. Along with our match preview shows, our post-match reactions are something we provide for every Celtic game to subscribers of the Celtic Exchange Plus, and so we wanted to include this one as a free bonus for our regular listeners here today. From this week onwards, new subscribers to the Celtic Exchange Plus will also get special advanced access to the weekly show on a Monday before it's released to the general public on a Tuesday. And finally, and even better news, you can now enjoy the Celtic Exchange Plus completely free for seven days with our complimentary seven-day pass. So get started by visiting the CelticExchange.supercast.com now for access to all of our shows, and in the meantime, enjoy the final whistle for Celtic v Rangers with myself and Brido. Enjoy the weekend, folks. We'll be back with you again very soon. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, it's the morning after the night before as we take a look back on a dominant display at Celtic Park which saw Celtic completely blow away their Glasgow rivals in the first Glasgow derby of the season. This is the Final Whistle Show, this is Tino and today I'm joined by Brido. Brido, a lot to get through, some brilliant goals, an iconic celebration and a Celtic team that are absolutely flying at the moment. But what's your initial thoughts on that emphatic win? Um, morning Tino, uh, first thoughts are pure and simply the three points, but to do it in the style uh, and the sheer dominance uh, of the victory and the performance uh, are my immediate thoughts uh, and the confidence it gives us for the season coming, five points clear so early uh, and we just keep kicking on and hopefully we, we won't get caught. Yeah, it, it seems that we're finding new levels week on week under Angie, doesn't it? It certainly does, mate. I it does. Uh, we did say, you know, that with a full pre-season, you know, with his own players, uh, his own training, drilling that into the team, it's never been more evident than what we've seen yesterday, um, both individual performances, but the biggest, and I think the manager said it yesterday after the game, the the collectiveness, both with the ball, but I think he he's more impressed of what we do without the ball and I mm. think that uh, essentially set us up for the goals that we scored Yeah there's such a collective thing going on at the moment isn't there between as you mentioned there as much as we've got individual individual brilliance in the team and you know we'll talk about the Jotas and the Maedas and, and the O'Reillys there is also that real team focus you know everything they do is as a unit and beyond that you've got the whole thing where as much as the players are doing things as a collective Ange and the fans and everyone is all in this together and it's it's not I wasn't going to say it's rare to see that at Celtic but there's never it's never felt as harmonious as it has done you know in such a long time has it? Yeah I think I'd probably go back to when Brendan Rodgers was uh, unveiled as our manager and, and the, the amount of fans that were at the Celtic Park when, they, when he arrived and, and what that done 
uh, and what it changed. Now, that was probably because of how poor it was before. And this big manager came in and he, he, he did give us an identity and a style the way we played and we won trophies. The difference is now is that, first of all, the opposition that we're playing against are far better. Um, you know, they're more competitive, not so much yesterday. But, you know, it's 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 the person within the manager and what he is what he's instilling it in us not just not just in the players, even how we are as fans, like we're just we're trying to maybe be just that bit classier sometimes and and how we respond to maybe friends of ours that are of a different uh, a different thought process and different clubs that are supporting. So I just think everything he does, even how he was talking about it yesterday, um, you know, just about you know, somebody mentioned Kyogo going off as a talisman and stuff. Did they did he kind of break out a cold sweat? He's like, no, because the players that he's brought in and and he trusts the process that the players are acting out, and it's all coming together nice. And like you said, the fans involved with that as well is because we see it, we feed off that. If they're struggling, they feed off the fans, and pulling in the one direction in the same direction with the same end goal can only be a good thing. Yeah, 100%. What you're saying, Bride, on short, is that Ange just makes you want to be a better person. Is that is that what I'm picking up? Listen, I, did, I thought I was as close to perfect as perfect gets, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. But <laughs> um, I've realised in my, in my self-reflection after Ange coming in, I've got a bit, a bit of work to do. Yeah, Ange has shown you the, the error of your ways. Um, so let's, let's get to the football. So in terms of the lineup, fairly predictable, I'd say. So for the most part, I think we all had a fair idea of nine of the players that were likely to start the game. The only questions, I think, were Starfelt over Jens and Maeda over Abada. In the end, Starfelt and Abada have got the nod, and we'll go into just how effective Abada was in particular, uh, you know, very shortly. But were you happy with that lineup pre-match? Yeah, it's exactly the lineup that I say is our best 11. Uh, I love uh, what Maeda brings to the team. Um, I think we spoke about that before, that perhaps he was getting a game because of what he offered in, in the basics of, of work rate and effort. But uh, for me, for quality and output, Abada, um, I have always said it, I feel like he's uh, not undervalued, that's not the right word, but maybe not as appreciated as much as, say, they are talking about Jotas and Kyogos. I feel like Abada went under the radar, and I don't know why he scored some big goals, uh, both in Europe, he scored big goals and big games regarding last-minute winners. He scored in um, Celtic Rangers games. So whenever he's been asked and he's been given that opportunity, I've always felt that he is a 19, 20-year-old coming from a, a completely different uh, country to come and do that. I mean, if that's a young Scottish guy doing that abroad, I don't know what we're saying about, that, about a player from our country doing that. So to come and settle so quick um, and do that, to me, he, he gets the nod over me. Um, every time uh, he's a young player so inconsistency might kick in and that's when Maida should get his chance um, and there'll be injuries and stuff as well uh, Starfield for me again was the kind of target for negativity in some of the uh, reporting and some of the assessments of games by so-called neutrals they're quite quick to jump on Starfield he looks clumsy he does this but he's came in with Carter Vickers and very quickly solved problems that were problems for, for our team or teams for years. You know, cross balls into the box, set pieces. You know, he's brave. Okay, is he a wee bit clumsy in the ball sometimes? Occasionally. But 
he, he gets the job done. And I feel that Jens is a good player, but just maybe it takes too long on the ball, still far too kind of European football type. I think, feel he takes too many touches, which slows us down a wee bit. Um, where a staff felt has been there long enough to not do that. But Jens can learn from that. And he did well when he came on yesterday as well. Yeah. Defensively, we're in a good place. So over the six games we've played, <clears throat> excuse me, the six games we've played league-wise, we've scored 25 goals and we'll get to all of the, that good stuff in a minute. <clears throat> excuse me. But in terms of con concessions, we've only conceded one goal in those six games and obviously one goal in the cup game against Ross County the other night. So defensively, it seems to always be Carter Vickers, more or less. But whether it's Stephen Welsh in next term, Carl Starfelt, or Maurice Jens, the defence is, is the cornerstone, isn't it? It's given the team the foundation to go and do all the good things they do beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the the manager alluded to the team defending. So uh, we set traps for, for Rangers yesterday. We, we made them play the ball where we wanted the ball to go. Uh, and, you know, guys like O'Reilly, Hatate, McGregor, you know, Jota and Abada too, and Jackie Marcus, they, they all do their part in making a team play the ball where we wanted to go, which naturally is kind of out wide. And we set the traps when they, they eventually try to play the ball forward. You know, not every time, but maybe seven, eight times out of ten, we've got a guy who's really close to press, really tight, really hard. And there's players closing around them of setting traps left, right, and centre, and and the teams ultimately end up playing into that. We we turn overturn the ball, and that's why we score the goals that we score. We're scoring goals on the break. Um, I think Rangers had fifty five percent possession yesterday. Yeah, that's right. You know, and to do that, I think we had over forty five. We had fourteen or fifteen attempts on goal or something. So what it's saying is is what we're doing is far more efficient with the ball, but off the ball, you know, we're Everybody knows what they're doing. O'Reilly is consistently looking over his shoulder, um, blocking the pass uh, into midfield, but at the same time, he's edging forward to close down the centre half with the ball. Um, Jackie Max is cutting off passes backwards. You know, that allows our fullbacks to press really, really tight because there's no ability to play a ball over their head. So it's allowing us all to play in the front foot. So although Starfield and Carter Vickers and, you know, Taylor and Juranovic, um, deserve all the credit because they get the stick if we concede goals of course they deserve the credit when we keep the clean sheets but I think it's 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 from literally the the, the first player backwards that um that sets us up as a, a solid solid unit um and it's been proven in the game so far apparently we've not been tested yet at some of the phrases I've heard you know we've not played anybody yet but I believe Hearts and Aberdeen are pretty decent sides uh, but apparently they're that's not a test for us anymore. Um, Ross County away, apparently that's not a test. I've seen some teams drop points up there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's always work to be done. There's always work to improve on. But right now, it's as good as it's, it's as good as I think it can get at this minute in time. Yeah, yeah. I think it's such an effective approach, and, and the system is really clicked into gear, and it's gone to a you know a new level already this season. And I think you're right, Brido. I think it starts with whether it's Jack Marcus or Kugo. They, in essence, are our first defender. They're our first protocol, and then it all stems back the way from that. And everybody plays their part in, in keeping those clean sheets. So, I mean, in terms of the, the squad squad strength, so beyond the, the lineup that we've talked about, the bench, I think, was amongst the strongest we've seen at Celtic in a long, long time. You've got the likes of Jack Amakis, Maeda, Turnbull, Jens, Haksabanovic, 
all available for Ange, you know, if and when required. And we've now got genuine quality throughout the squad, don't we? Yeah, we'll talk about this after the game. Uh, I think it's the best uh, and uh, in-depth squad that I've had, in, I think, in my lifetime, probably. I think we've, it's maybe not got the individual better players, but I think it's the best uh, squad with options that I've had uh, in well, I'm 38, so I just can remind myself of that. Uh, and I support to say that as long as I've, I've been able to remember. So it's, I think it's the best I've I've seen, and that's again down to the to the, the club as a whole. From the you know the board don't get a lot of credit, but you know they brought the manager in, so they need to take some credit. And the manager yeah. himself with the recruitment team are bringing in players um, within the brackets that they're allowed. Are able, but they're able to get that and, and provide. Uh, not just quantity, but but quality, and I, I mean, I'd, I'd go so far to say without sounding arrogant or cocky about it, but I genuinely believe that if we played the other eleven players yesterday, that we would have been a chance of winning the game as well. Yeah, and that's not not to be um, trying to degrade anybody or anything like that. I think I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe mm-hmm. the team could have done that. Yeah, there's such a balance about the squad at this moment in time, and and I agree. I think it's a collective effort. The board will come under, you know, fire at different times and there'll be criticism getting bandied around, but you cannot deny that they have completely backed Ange from day one. You know, it's one thing bringing him in and, and that in itself deserves huge credit, whoever was involved in that decision. But the bottom line is they've brought him in and then taken the next step by saying, and we're going to give you everything you request because a rebuild was required, absolutely. You know, it was a team that was on its last legs following the Neil Lennon season. And what Angie's achieved in what I don't know 14 months, it's absolutely incredible. You know, you look across that squad. I agree with you, it's not been arrogant to look at the, the backup players, if you want to call them that. Jack Amakis effectively is the backup player, but when he came in yesterday, after what three, four, five minutes, you certainly couldn't say we were weakened in any way, shape, or form. And that you know, that's just an indicator of how strong we are at this moment in time. To look at Rangers, um, there was obviously some debate pre-match on whether they would potentially try and go toe-to-toe with Celtic, which I think would have been very dangerous, or whether they would sit in and try and break on the counter. When you see their lineup, they've effectively started with three defensive midfielders in the shape of John Lundstrom, Glenn Kamara, and 37-year-old Stephen Davis. And at that point, it was it was pretty clear, Bridal, what their approach was going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, their team wasn't overly surprising either, but you know, to look at that team that played against us and I compare it to not maybe last season because we were really good last year and to be fair, they got to Europa League final. So they must have had something within their team to get there. But I look at the season that they did win the league and, you know, what we had to catch up on. And then we com- I compare what we've got now and then I look at the team Rangers have got in front of us to compete against us. It's important to know what your opposition are doing. But losing Bassey and Aribo and then replacing that with a guy who's not played getting by Yilmaz and you know, with Tillman and Lawrence, who are decent players, but they keep trying to shoehorn them into the same team. Mm. Uh, playing three defensive midfielders, essentially, in there. Um, but I watched how they were trying to play. So, they were trying to play from, you know, in their own box, from goal kicks. And they're trying to essentially play the same game that we played against us. No one found fine well that we were better at it. So, mm. when I seen them playing that way, I, I really kind of relaxed. I'd sent in my seat, but I was standing most of the game. But I'd kind of I'd relaxed watching it because I thought 
they're not doing anything that's that's going to hurt us really. Um, the boy Cholak up front is a decent big player. They didn't find him. They just yeah. didn't find him. I think they one header into in the box from a cross ball from Barisic, which he put a few in. But it was almost at Celtic saying we're okay with you doing that. We're all right mm. with that. That that you know they weren't doing anything to break us down, and I think that's because they have a uh they've regressed. I really do feel that they've regressed. Even their goalkeeper, I mean, they can look at the fourth goal later, but, you know, in most positions they have, their defence used to be solid, used to be exactly the same four. That's gone. Um, like you said, Davis wasn't playing at all last year. Now, all of a sudden, he's he's the first choice for them. So, mm. I'm looking at them wondering, you know, I don't see the threats. Ryan Kett looks like he's checked out. Mate, you know, he maybe thought he was getting a move. Um, Morelos comes off the bench. I don't know why the manager done that for them. I mean, yeah. knowing the game was done. So, you know, they, looking at them, I don't I don't think that they're in a great spot and that's all the better for us. Thanks. So. I think it's fair to say um, that they do look very disjointed just now. The Davis point highlights that as much as anything. He barely kicked a ball last season. Um, they wheeled him out for the PSV game at home, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And then again yesterday. And as I mentioned, 37 years of age, I, I think you've, you've got to credit Steve Davis with being a, a good player over the years, but I think his time is up. And the fact that regression is the word you use there, and the fact that he now slots into a starting lineup, they've got uh, James Sands, a midfielder at centre half. They persist with Barisic, who cannot live with Leah Labada. There's so much wrong. And listen, all the better for us, you know, we're not here to debate how good or bad they are, but something's not right in their camp, and, and it was. You know, glaringly obvious yesterday in the way that we exploited them. I seen a really good tweet from Cardiff Boy on Twitter, and he says that comparing O'Reilly to Lindstrom as players, the only thing they have in common is that they both wear football boots. And I think that's uh, it's maybe a bit harsh, but it's completely accurate, isn't it? You know, you look at those types of players, and it's night and day. Well, after my last podcast, my wife says I'm not allowed to talk about Matt O'Reilly because um, <laughs> I said I was leaving her for him, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, one, they're different players for a start. One's got a bit of culture and finesse and actually plays passes forward. The other one does a job as a kind of, well, I'm going to say hatchet, man. That's, that's a bit unfair on because I think he's it's, a decent player. hammer thrower the term you're looking I, for? Well, he's a, that's not, no, but I think he's a decent player, actually. Um, but he needs legs around him. He's, he's, he's big and strong, but he's too slow. And you look next to him and he's got Kamara, who, I <sighs> okay. Not, not not, recently, anyway. And then, like you said, Davis, who, by the way, see, when he played for Rins, I thought he was a very, very good football player. Um, but age catches up on everybody. And that it got shown the pace and the power and just the, the intent for Celtic to play at that tempo. Uh, the game, he, he, he can't control the game. If you let him control the game, he could probably still do it for maybe an hour of a game. But uh, he can't do it uh, against... A team that plays the way we play, it just it it's it overruns him and the players beside him. Uh, so I uh, John Lundstrom and uh, Matt O'Reilly is probably like comparing me and Anthony Joshua or something like that as far as physique goes. To be perfectly honest, I hear you. Um, elsewhere, Rangers had Malik Tillman out on the right hand side, and I think he's looked like a decent player up until now. But it seemed that he looked at Ahmed Diallo for inspiration here. So we'll all remember how much Diallo was just a rabbit in the headlights that night back in February at Celtic Park. And I think Tillman found himself in a very similar situation. He looked spooked by the occasion, didn't he? He did. But to be fair to him, 
I mean, I've watched the uh, Rangers in the European games and some uh, domestic games. The he's a number ten. He's, a, he's an attacking midfielder and he plays a central role. But Van Bronckhorst, similar to what he done when he first came in, he didn't play Lundstrom. Lundstrom found himself in the team and ended up being one of his best players. He didn't deliberately say and spot a player. He, he got lucky and but he kind of stumbled across it. What he's doing here is he's playing players out of position. Tillman is not a right midfielder or a right winger. Um, he's an attacking midfielder. But because Rangers wanted to maybe keep it tight, like you said earlier, with Kamara, Davis and Lundstrom, to get Tillman in the team is the only place he could play. And he just kind of, he cut a kind of forlong, frustrated figures yesterday. And that played into our hands as well, because Greg Taylor had no issue with him whatsoever. He was never getting to the byline. He was never going in behind. And anybody that's played football, if somebody's running behind you consistently, <laughs> as a defender, it stops you going forward as much. But it, you need to stay switched on. He offered no threat. And he off, by the way, he offered no protection to Tavernier either uh, on that side. And we've seen that from uh, two of our goals, I think, down the left-hand side. So, yeah, um, so yeah I think the ma- their manager, um, which I believe is getting a bit of stick from his fans, which is knee-jerking probably to be expected, but he, he, as he set his team out. Sands is a central midfielder playing at centre-half. And he showed that for, I think, uh, Jota's goal. Uh, and you've got Tillman, who's a centre midfielder, playing out wide. And it, to me, the balance for uh, their team was just not there. It was They were kind of being defensive, but then kind of wanted to play like this passing football, but then not really play a passing football. <laughs> they just didn't make sense. But I think that's more credit to how we played against them and made them look uh, extremely less than ordinary. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things at play there that have led to that. And I think from Rangers' point of view, it's it's the classic square pegs and round holes. And whether that's because Van Bronckhorst hasn't been supported in the transfer market is a separate argument. And you, you could certainly, you know, discuss that at length if you wanted. But yeah, you're right. Tillman, a number 10, playing wide right. Sands, a centre mid, playing at centre half. Davis at 37, been back in the midfield engine room. Morelos in the half. John McLaughlin doesn't look like a number one, you know, for anybody. And then we'll get to that. So, yeah. All out of sorts, and I'm not unhappy about it, Bridal. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> let's go in a bit of detail in the game itself. So, obviously, we've had to call upon that strength in the bench very early as Kyogo pulled up after just a few minutes with what looks like some sort of shoulder issue. We've yet to hear the extent of that, and hopefully, he's back available for Madrid on Tuesday night. But in the meantime, a very capable replacement comes in in the shape of Georges Jackamakis, <laughs> and he's very effective in this fixture, isn't he? He is. Um, when Kyogo went down injured, there was a sigh of everybody around about me and it was like, oh, oh that's the last thing we need, that's the last thing we need. And you, you don't want any player going down injured in the first two minutes or something, three, four minutes. But then the cheer when Jack Max comes on lets us know what we think of him as a player as well. I mentioned before that me and my brother used to have debates about who we preferred. It was only until Kyogo scores a hat ticket Tana dice that my brother decides, ah, do you know what? I think you might be <laughs> I think you might be right. So that's what it takes. But mm. you know, the Greek comes in and what he does offer is a is is a physicality that Kyogo doesn't. What he doesn't offer is making the runs in behind. So there's a few times yesterday I was watching that and he could go off his mark, peel a bit wider and stretch that centre half wider for players to make the runs in. 
He doesn't. He kind of waits for the ball to go out wide and he stays central. So when the ball's in the box, he's there where he scores most of his goals. Kugel makes those runs that he that he doesn't. But what he does do, the ball sticks. You know, when the ball hits him, and he's quite cheeky, he'll hit the defender and steal a few fouls. He should have got a few yesterday that he didn't get. I actually think, now I don't know if I'm going to say this, but I think in Europe, or against better teams where perhaps we've not got as much and we have to try and buy some time, he might be a better option as a striker against those teams. Um, because there's no point he'll go playing and making those runs when we've not got the ball in those positions to find them. So I'm not saying I want to go injured and not playing. I'm just saying that the, the the Greek comes in and we're not reducing quality. It's just a different type of player who is just as effective in different ways. Exactly that. They both get different strengths to offer, but both very effective. I was going to ask, you mentioned a huge cheer uh, that went up for Giacomakis, and rightfully so, but w- what was the bigger cheer, Bridal, when Giacomakis came on or Morelos? Well, slightly different slightly different um, sentiment in both, I think. <laughs> uh, I, I, for the life of me, at that stage, Van Bronco's got loads of credit for, for not taking Morelos to the PSV game. If he loses that, he's in for a hiding. Mm-hmm. Rangers win, get to the Champions League, fair play to them, fair play to him for doing that. The message is sent. He's not fit, he's not in shape. So I don't know what kind of Atkins diet or personal trainer he's got, but did they then be fit enough to come on in a, a Celtic Rangers game? All of a sudden, he's now ready to play. I don't have a clue why he done that. The game was done. He, he's got to read the room. I mean, he's going to get ridiculed when he comes on. And by the way, he's one of the most unfittest-looking players. He's always got that kind of return figure, but I've seen him in a lot better shape than that. And he came on, and he fell over or something the first minute he came on, and it was just... It was just added to the party, really. I mean, it was just like <laughs> we're waiting on something else coming in. Um, yeah. uh, so I would still say Jackie Marcus is cheer. Um Slightly edged it, but the the sarcasm uh, and the cheer for Morelos was uh, was enjoyable. Let's put yeah. it up. A slightly more sincere cheer for Jack and Marcus, but yeah. but both good in their own different way. Absolutely. Um, but you're right. You know, Morelos. I mean, it was only a week and a half ago he was deemed not fit and not suitable. I don't see what's changed in the end. It would take you know some sort of medical diet and, and fitness plan to to change that around. And again, another indicator of the problems they've got. So. We mentioned Abada earlier on um, and the impact he was going to have in this one and it took him just eight minutes to open the scoring. I think this goal was textbook Celtic and textbook Abada. We press high, we eventually win the throw-in, which Jota takes immediately. Um, O'Reilly manages to then get it across the box on the volley and it breaks into the path of Abada, who, as we've seen before at this very same end of the ground, goes inside Borna Barisic and steers it home with his left foot. It's a great goal and it's a great start. It is, and... You know, the Celtic fans, we discuss our team and what we are strong in and what our strengths are and where we can really hurt teams. Uh, I know from watching the opposition, we are their weakest. Um, and unfortunately for them, our strengths actually really, really highlight their weaknesses because in between their fullbacks and balls inside their fullbacks and their centre-halves caused them all sorts of trouble against... I mean, I think PSV created a, a cracking chance inside Tavernier. Hibs got their goal at Easter Road with the pass inside Tavernier. I think the, the Union Belgian team, they've done it as well. So 
ultimately that's where the ball into the box comes from. Uh, and you're right, O'Reilly makes that run. Hatati makes those runs. Uh, and they've got the quality to, to, to put a ball across the goal. Shocking defending, but at the same time, the other weakness they've got is their fullbacks can't defend over the shoulder. And mm-hmm. Abad has done it time and time and time again. And he's got the ability to then find, hit the, just hit the target. Just hit the target and see what happens. And that's exactly what he done. Low and hard. And uh, just the composure for such a young boy, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, the, I don't know where his ceiling is, to be perfectly honest. It's a great start for us and the worst possible one for them. Yeah. People were saying that uh, online last night, just in terms of what what the potential is for a badder. So he, he's twenty years of age, and I think sometimes for some reason we forget that he's just a young guy in a new country. And I, I remember we were there when he scored the the very first competitive goal on the ranch. He scored the goal against uh, Mitchelland in that game at Celtic Park. And as you touched on earlier on, he scored huge goals for Celtic. That goal against Dundee United in the ninetieth minute last season, incredible. Several goals now against Rangers, European goals. He's just become such an important player. His numbers are off the charts. I think he's now got six goals already this season. You know, we're just at the start of September for a young winger. It's brilliant stuff. And as you say, the goal yesterday, the first goal yesterday, the only thing you want your your forward to do at that point is keep it low, keep it on target, and you'll take what you get. And he's he's absolutely done that. Thoughts on the goalie, Bridal? Should he be doing better there? Yeah, I think so. I think... I think at a top level, when I talk about the regression of the opposition, you know, Alan McGregor saves that two years ago. Mm. Last year, he, he, he kind of dipped, and this is a lot of Rangers fans telling me that, um, hence they want him replaced, but not replaced with a, a lesser version of him. Uh, mm. And that, these, I always say that about goalkeepers, and we found out with Barkas, you never know you've not got a good enough goalkeeper until it's too late. Uh-huh. It's only you're discussing the mistakes and the goals and the drop points. And, you know, over decades, that's what's happened. Uh, I think you should save it. But at the same time, reasonably close distance to him. I think it, I don't know if it takes a wee touch off somebody or not, but, you know, all the credit needs to go to the attacking team. They'll look for excuses and blame the goalkeeper because it's an easy target. He probably should do better. But the stuff, the eight, eight mistakes before that as a team, uh, cost him the goal to be perfectly honest yeah and it comes at him very quickly as I mentioned Abada his job is to get ahead over it get it on target and he's what I don't know 9-10 yards out maybe and from his point of view he does everything right we also seen a, a classy touch from Abada so he dedicated that goal to a young Celtic fan Leon Brown who very sadly lost his life last week at just 14 years of age so it was a real strong gesture by Abada and we hope that Leon's family can take some small comfort from the gesture there um, moving beyond that there's been a couple of chances then for either side so Jack Amakis and Kolach have both been presented with good headed opportunities I would say they both you know, should probably have done better uh, however it was Celtic who then extended the lead just after the half hour mark I can honestly say Brido I think this is one of the best goals I've ever seen against any version of Rangers just everything about it so Callum McGregor obviously acts very quick to take the free kick, finds O'Reilly in the inside right position. Do you want to take us from there, Brido, and, and describe it for us? Oh, I mean, it's it's my neighbour again, uh, O'Reilly, who, <laughs> who who plays that pass in. Now, Jota, we need to remember, Jota's our left winger. Yeah. And he smells the opportunity, and he's away. The Tavernier is standing so far out wide 
he can't. He doesn't react to him either. Goldson doesn't know he's there. The Rangers midfielder switched off. They've so Sands has had to push forward. I think it's a bad that takes him away. So it's not just the people involved directly in the goal. A badder's movements pulled Sands out. Um, you know, Jota's run from the left wing position round the back of goals, and he doesn't even know he's there. And by the time he turns around, the ball's chipped and it's in the back of the net. And it's that way of passing O'Reilly again in between centre half and full back into those channels. And then it's just that. Just of the age he is and the game of that magnitude and the composure and the way the, and the just skill like to it's so special it's so special to to do that in these games that's why we don't see that often mm-hmm. we don't see it that often we've seen it from very special players and the likes of Larson and Sutton has done it you know like we've seen some big goals I get that he's not that level yet but geez what what it's just I didn't think he'd anywhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it would go phenomenal. Uh, one of the best goals I've seen against uh, against Rangers, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's so much to it. The, the pass from O'Reilly, it, it basically cuts our defence in two. You know, it, it takes out three or four players at, at the one time. Jot has timed the run to perfection. You, you've seen the freeze frame, and it looks like he is right in line with Tavernier as the ball's played through. You're right. Goldson can't see him, let alone deal with him. But there's a couple of things at that stage for Jota still to do. It's the athleticism to get on the pass because you can see him really powering with his stride, just to extend the leg to take the first touch. And then you're thinking, bit wide here, what's going to happen? The second touch is outrageous. It is, it's just ludicrous to have the the savvy, the composure, the, the speed of thought to do that. And he's just a real special player. And I think we're very lucky to have him. Oh, yeah, we are lucky to we are lucky to have him. But at the same time, he's very, very lucky to be playing at such a young age and such a team a team with a manager who is saying to him, "Go and do all that. Mm-hmm. Go and express yourself on the pitch and show the world what you're able to do. And then, if you're going to if your career is going to progress further and go into bigger leagues or whatever, we've got to admit that that could happen." He'll have ambitions to play for Portugal. Like you know, he's so calm. Even how he talks after the game as well. Like yeah. you know, the guy is just like I, I would always say that he was getting all the highlights, and Abada was getting overlooked and stuff last year. Jota's came in now, and he deserves he deserves these kind of highlights and these plaudits because he's doing stuff like that equally. So as Abada, we're, we're so fortunate to have the two of them. But Jota, I mean. He absolutely roasted James Tavernier yesterday. And I mean roasted so much so that the Rangers captain loses his head, volleys him pretty much off the ball just about, and gets manages to escape without a yellow card, which is no surprise. But he's got their captain losing his head uh, because just pure skill and ability. Yeah. And I think whether it's Jota or Abada, you could even look at Greg Taylor, for example, but loads of players across the board are finding new levels under Ange and it's it's what we've heard about, you know, there's all this talk about Ange, you know, the second seasons where it really clicks into gear and yeah, we're early days, you know, we're six league games or one cup game in, but you can absolutely see that and what you've got from Jota is you've got a guy who is now settled here, you know, he signed a deal, he's agreed his future and who knows what's beyond Celtic for him, you know, the world's his oyster and all that stuff, but 
at the moment he's a guy who's very, very happy in his in his self. And it looks like he's playing the best stuff of his career and and long may that continue. What about your celebration? Shades of Jesse Owens from the, the 1936 Olympics there, Brido. It's it's a very strong image, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I didn't actually see it until after I came home. Uh, mm. And I, I'm not sure if he's got any personal meaning behind it or anything. I don't know. It's, it's, not, it's not certainly not that I've, I've read or heard yet. But mm. uh, to I like nothing better than a bit of... Um, what's the phrase? Uh, banter, if we'll call it that. So to stand in that area and just not move in front of those eight hundred travelling supporters, as if to say, "Yeah, just keep looking, keep looking," <laughs> because uh, there's levels to this game, and unfortunately for you guys, I'm a level above that. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I love celebrations. Goal should be celebrated when we played when we were younger. Uh, Celtic coaches, my brother was there, used to, if they didn't celebrate a goal, the goal didn't count. Uh, oh. Goal should be celebrated, and that's it. Whether you're 12 nothing up or 2 nothing up, it doesn't matter. Uh, so I like I like celebrations when they're a wee bit different. So, yeah, it was nice to see. I like to hear that. Um, there is a great image looking beyond Jota and the, the Celtic supporters behind the goals. And everybody is losing their mind. Joe is oh. the coolest, coolest man on the planet. You know, he's there, he's calm, he's got the, you know, cold expression, hand raised in the air. But everyone behind him is is losing it. And it's a, it's a brilliant picture to check out. Have you also, have you seen the, the unique angle video from Celtic yet, Brido, from the, the four goals? Have you seen that back? No, I've not seen it. I've not seen that yet. W- well worth a watch um, for obvious reasons. But after Jota celebrates the goal, you can then see him jogging back and looking up and checking out the goal on the big screen <laughs> just yeah. to confirm how good it was. And I think he's a player just loving life at Celtic just now and, and we're getting the very best out of him, which is brilliant to see. Um, Brido, it's been a while since we talked about uh, Leah Labada goal, so let's get back to that. Again, similar-ish in many ways. It comes from that left-hand side and it's Greg Taylor this time who drills the ball across the box. It looks like O'Reilly helps it on its way. Um, and again, Abada finds himself in that danger area towards the back post. And very similar to goal number one, you know, this time it's in his right foot. But again, you're just thinking, keep it down, keep it on target and, and we'll see what we get. And again, he manages to do that. And then some, he, he strikes it low and hard and it's going through the goalie's legs. Yeah, and I, and I do genuinely believe that O'Reilly has that touch that he makes in that. I mm-hmm. do th- I'm not saying he's picked out Abada, that's not, but he's took the pace off the ball. You know, he's 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 redirected that back towards almost him. So I do I think he deliberately does that by the way. I do actually think that O'Reilly actually means to just open his foot up and just kill it a wee bit. Uh but the finish, I mean, low and hard again, just find the target. Um I don't know if that's something he's been, you know, trained more with or not. When you get in that position, just hit the target. I dare say Joe Hart and, and uh the goalkeeping staff would probably be saying to him, We find that the hardest the earlier you hit it the harder mm-hmm. we find to set ourselves. You know, if the, if he takes a touch, for example, and hits it there, McLaughlin probably saves it with his feet. But he he's getting stick for that. He's about to smash that. It's been through his legs. It makes it look a bit embarrassing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, again, great move, great football. Different people involved, but some of the same people involved. Brilliant. Place goes yeah. mad. Brilliant stuff, and and I think you can blame uh, McLaughlin for a couple of things uh, on the day. I don't think any goalie can do anything about that, given the pace that it comes at. And it all, it's all down to Abada, you know, speed of thought and speed of execution, just to get the strike out. Okay. Um, 
and it puts you in a seriously strong position. So, I mean, 3-0 at half-time, exactly the same position we found ourselves in back in February. What are you thinking at that stage, Bryder? What's your, your thoughts and hopes for the game? Well, you're hearing different things around around you, and it's like, what, six or what, seven? I love, you know, piling on the agony, but that's the chant going round, and it's it's a great feeling. Uh, my immediate thoughts were, that's five points. Honestly, that's my, my immediate thing was, that's five points, uh, and avoid injuries for Tuesday. That was my immediate sensible heart on. Yeah. Second half starts, and I'm thinking... Don't give them anything that uh, that they can kind of build on. So if you remember 3-0 back in January uh, last year, or the, end of this, the start of this year, we battered them. But then they came out, ah, Ryan Jack hit the bar and Goldson had a chance and we, we were the better team in the second half. And As if that was some consolation for them. I, I wanted them to have nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And people, I don't think we gave them anything. I don't think we gave them that. So um, we got the other goal. Um, which makes it 4-0 always looks a good bit different to 3-0 3-0 looks like a normal football score yeah. 4 doesn't uh, and unfortunately we didn't avoid more injuries but uh, hopefully not too bad but yeah I, I just want wait a couple more goals who doesn't of course yeah so I mean we've had to wait a wee while to get that fourth goal and, and we'll get to that shortly Um, you know in terms of second half highlights yeah you know you wanted a fourth, fifth and sixth and I touched on the fact that one of the highlights of that second half was Morelos coming on in the 60th, 60th minute. Great moment for, for all concerned. Um, Celtic have obviously made some changes. Starfelt comes out for Jens and then they make the triple sub around about the 72nd minute. So Turnbull, Moy and Maeda coming in for O'Reilly, Hatati and Abada. And it's very good changes to be making at that stage. There's a lot going on. You're bringing on talent and you're also resting talent for a big, big game for us on Tuesday night. But how do you think those three done when they came on, Turnbull, Moy and Maeda? They're fantastic. Like they, 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 they got into the game, pretty, I think Boy got in the ball straight away and I think he dropped a ball in behind. It wasn't a great ball, but it was a sensible ball at the time. Because there was a tiny bit of pressure. He drops it in behind him before you know to get a straight back. Uh, he got on the ball a hell of a load. Turnbull was a player that looked like he'd it's got something to prove. He doesn't need to prove anything, but maybe he's trying to say to the manager, I'm better than Rio or O'Reilly or whatever, but he turns on I think he turned Goldson inside out and you know, didn't give the ball away. Maida's running power to you know, I thought Goldson should have been set off with that tackle on him, but there was more than that. He put a ball across to Jack and So they all added um fresh legs. But they also maintained the quality of on the ball as well. So they again it goes back to what we're saying about the, the squad size and squad depth uh, and the quality of the players on the bench. They could all maybe be aggrieved that they're not playing, not so much Moy, but uh he, he's now looking like a real player. And now if O'Reilly got injured, for example, we'd be all be okay with Moy coming in and McGregor going forward, we've seen this other, um, I can never pronounce his name properly, um, defensive midfielder um, yeah. as well. So, but it's clever from Celtic because I think he can play centre-half and centre-midfield and he's obviously got a bit more physique in regards to height. So, yeah, I just thought that the boys that came in done what the subs have done continuously. We probably made them a bit later than we normally do, but that's probably because the two were forced before that um, and maybe wanted to make sure nobody else got injured uh, put us down to 10 minutes if we made them too early and somebody had to go off but uh, 
yeah, I thought they made, I thought they made a, a really good impact in in regards to just keeping them at bay and doing their bit. Yeah, you spoke about maintaining the quality, and I think that's exactly it, Frange. Um, we've discussed the fact that at times last season. He didn't have that luxury. You know, he'd maybe glance down at his bench and there'd be a couple of kids and, I don't know, maybe an Albion and a Yeti and just, just guys that you couldn't rely on at that moment in time. He now glances down and he sees international footballers chomping yep. at the bit, waiting to come on. And it's brilliant to see. I mean, we've not even touched on the fact that Hak Zabanovic doesn't feature at all yesterday. And we've seen a glimpse of him against Ross County the other night, and he looks like a serious talent, and I think we're going to be speaking a lot about him in, in time ahead, but yeah, in terms of the guys that came in yesterday, real quality, and certainly no dip in quality when they enter the fray. So it's Turnbull um, that you've mentioned there, he gets that fourth goal in the 78th minute. You've got to take credit, McLaughlin, he's had a hard time all day, but it's a sublime assist, isn't it? And I've got to ask, Bridal, but what is the goal of Tim? Tim? Oh, um, I've actually listened to the I actually listened to the Rangers TV comments. <laughs> I have to concede. It's one of my guilty pleasures, to be honest, uh, listening to the pain. Uh, 4-0 Celtic. <laughs> uh, there was no goats to goalie dude, Tom. I think they've learned a lesson from that. Uh, I have no idea. I, again, they were actually time-wasting at 3-0, which was a bit embarrassing as well, to be perfectly honest. But um, you get... They, they keep trying to do the same thing. They were trying to do the same thing the whole game. Play for the back, and it's what I call a pretend football team. They're, they're pretending to pass it. They're passing for passing sake. They're not passing their purpose. Ball ends up out wide, and whatever. He ends up stuck. Davis is pointing to where he thinks the ball should go. So he's got a small part in it. And I think McLaughlin's just deer in headlights. I think he's his concentration is going, thinking of what's happened before, and he's thinking, "Oh, that's he's maybe standing there going, 'I'm losing my place, or I've blown this, or that's me done now. Champions League's coming up, that's me lost a big game, and God knows what he's thinking." But but we're all human, and he probably is sitting there going, "This is done. I've made the right mess of this today," mm-hmm. and then he's just heightened that even more by by not because I, mean, I could not believe it. Um, I actually had to watch it back because at the game I was. I I just seen Turnbull with the ball. I didn't, I didn't know. I looked away. I didn't know what happened. Um, and he slots it in, and we're all going mad again. And I'm thinking, right, there's ten minutes to go. Let's make it five or six. But um, t- listen, Turnbull takes it well. He yeah. takes it well. But it's it's as big a gift I've seen in a Celtic Rangers game for a reason for a quite a long time. Yeah, quite a long time. I think there is a lot at play f- for John McLaughlin at that stage. As you say, he's He'll have been full of doubt after his first half performance. There's big games in the horizon for Rangers and he'll be wondering if he's going to be part of that. He knows he's in for a lot of stick. And I think the head was gone. I think it was just one of those ones where he just, his game, his race was run, his game was up and and it's led to that. But it's an absolute gift. But there's still a wee bit of work for Turnbull to do. You know, he's got to compose himself. He's got to react first of all to, you know, get the ball out from his feet. And it's a tidy finish and it's well-deserved. And I'm pleased for... David Turnbull, as you say, he's been in and out. He's taken a bit of stick at different times, but he's proven that if required, if he needs to step in for a Hattati or O'Reilly, he's he's different to those guys. You know, he's technically very good, but maybe not quite in the level that they are. But he's a very able replacement and great for his confidence to get the goal. Um, I mean, as the game's drawn to a close, there's a couple of half chances. Again, Goldson said a, a header, which 
Hart's dealt with fairly well. Callum McGregor's got in in the action with a diving header of his own, which Joe Hart has done well to save. But to be truthful, the game is completely done by that stage. And actually, it's completely done by halftime, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, there's, there's, I think, is it Goldson when they're 3-0 down against Hibs in the semi-final? Mm-hmm. Um, Hamden got stick for saying, no, the game was done anyway at 3-0. He got absolutely ridiculed for that. Um, because at Celtic and Rangers, obviously that was Rangers, the game's never done at 3-0. But it is when you're playing against each other. You're not coming back from 3-0 down at half-time. Uh, and, you know, you're either switching the telly off if you're watching the TV, or you're going to take the dug a walk, or you're doing something to take your mind off it, because you'd, it'd be self-harming watching the whole thing, to be honest with you. If you were to keep watching that, you'd just be doing yourself uh, no... No favours whatsoever. So um, Turnbull sticking it away. This was a wee bit of icing on on a very nice cake uh, on a fine Saturday afternoon. So yeah, agreed. Um, we've spoken a lot about Lee Alabada, and he picked up the man of the match award in the day for his goals, and I think for his all round play and <laughs> movement. And nobody's going to argue with that. But who else stood out for you, Bradley? Who would be your other two or three contenders for that? I think the uh, Jota would be. Would be one of them. Uh, like I said, Tavener's not a bad football player, and he he got like I said, he got he got absolutely roasted. I felt uh, uh, Jackie Mark has done okay, at, uh, but greedy at times. He's obviously trying to get his mark and uh, take his chance. Uh, the, the midfield three though, uh, they set the tone for me. Hatate, some of the passes he played. I think he played one on the volley. If middle, I mean, it didn't move an inch. Yeah. Uh, O'Reilly, O'Reilly essentially set up three of the four goals. If you're counting, if you're taking my lead on him deliberately touching that ball, um, to a badder. So, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any. Aye, there's certainly no uh, downsides to any of the players. But I would say the three in the middle, they make it work, and they make a badder and Jota uh, able to to go and express himself and do the stuff that we all. Um, uh, foaming at the mouth in a good way <laughs> about it's uh, yeah I think uh, I'd say that I'd say that front that front four front five would be the ones uh, together and again yeah. at the back we looks Carter Vickers looks solid as well so um, no issues with anybody really but I'd say those front five yeah big performances all round so yeah. as we're drawing this one out Bridal a couple of bigger picture questions for you one serious question and one maybe a bit less so First question, is this the best football you've seen from a Celtic side in your lifetime? And secondly, how many are we going to take off Real Madrid on Tuesday? Okay, so the football side, um, the way Tommy Burns' football team played was incredible to watch, but it did not have the bite and the clinical aspect of this team. It, they passed the ball lovely but so, so therefore the answer to that question is yeah, I'd say yes uh, Rodgers team played some good football too but um, it's, it's I think it's the whole package I think it's the manager how he talks with the people that are playing the players are, are humble it, there's no there's no players acting the big the big superstar even though some of them are um, so yep yeah, I would say that that's the best football I've seen in my lifetime. What was the second question there, mate? I've actually went... Just how many were going to take off Madrid on Tuesday? 
<laughs> I'm glad I missed that. Uh, listen, I think we'll score against Madrid. I, I mean, I don't see why we would not score. Uh, and playing the way we play, we, we can cause other defences problems. There's no question of that. Biggest worry would then be the other way. Not because our defence is bad, but because we do play that attacking way that we do leave maybe the defence exposed at times. In Scotland, we get away with it because we're exposed against far lesser quality players. If you're leaving yourself exposed against the likes of Karim Benzema or Vinicius Jr. or whoever else they've got, ah, yeah, that, that's a concern, but I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Real Madrid are in town. Uh, the hoops will be on. And then we're starting to get the, the money back for these disco lights that we were slagged <laughs> off so much about. So it's just a spectacle, I think, that, um, that it's just there to be enjoyed. Nobody's expecting us to do anything. And I think it lets us showcase what we are about um, as fans, club, players, manager. Uh, I don't think there'll be any disasters, uh, but I do think it'll be 7-4 to Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, do you know, it's it's all set to be just such a, a huge night. As you say, there's no doubt the disco lights add to the atmosphere. It's going to be a dark night at Celtic Park. The lights will be on. The the fans will be in a frenzy, you know, come kickoff. I think it's an eight o'clock kickoff. You've got some of the best players in the world on display and Real Madrid have got some decent players as well. So there's lots going on there. Um, <laughs> but Benzema, I mean, Benzema might well go on and pick up the Ballon d'Or. You've got Luka Modric feeding him. Vinicius Jr. that you've mentioned. There's just so much to look forward to. And I think Celtic can score. And if Celtic score and, you know, give you a cheer and something to, you know, hold on to or something to build on, then you just never know. You get into these games more with maybe hope than expectation. But actually, in a very positive way, <clears throat> Angie's lifted that expectation and the players have lifted that expectation. And this isn't one where you're going in and saying, ah, do you know what? We'll take a doing, but at least we're there. It's not that. We might well go on to lose the game. I think there's just so much more to look forward to with this Celtic team. But I don't, just in general, uh, thanks very much for joining us today. Obviously, it's been a pretty enjoyable one, as you'd expect. And I just want to finish off by asking you for your final comments, either on the game itself from yesterday or on Celtic in general at the moment. Final thoughts would be that it's been a tremendous start to the season, made that way by time and energy, being able to put in with the with a squad of the managers choosing. Uh, He's leading the way, as any good leader does, and how he talks and what he's implementing. Uh, I think we're going to be very hard to catch. I'm not saying it's over. I think it's very hard to catch. And I think the, the Celtic family at this minute in time are just at the beginning of of some big, big, big moments. Um, and it could be a very, very, very big year for uh, a different different reasons it could be milestones could be set uh, all over the place so right now great place but like the manager says it's three points and we remain humble and we take on the next team that, that comes to Celtic Park brilliant stuff Brendan, and lots to get excited about there so Celtic take all three points with another powerful performance from Ange Postacoglu's side who have now won all seven games they've played this season scoring 29 goals in the process Next up is a real test in the shape of Real Madrid in the Champions League. And we'll be back with you here on Monday night with our preview for that one. But in the meantime, from myself and Bridal, thanks for tuning in.
Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.